Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 99 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and alongside me as he always has been, my good brother, my good friend, and the gentleman that runs our Twitter page. That's right, it's my good brother, Liam. Liam! Final episode, felt like we would never get here, not in a bad way, but final episode of our Elseworld Superman month this week, and we have a pretty uh, pretty interesting one. Yeah, I mean, thank God we're running out of Elseworld Superman, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, but yes, it's, uh, it's we're ending on, a, I think, a, a relatively high note. We're, uh, we're returning to the world of The Batman. We've reviewed one episode of this series previously in last year's Elseworlds month. And here we are again to review uh, this version of Batman, uh, meeting this universe's version of Superman for the first time. Uh, there we go. And uh, if I recall, we've only we've only done one episode of this, as you mentioned, in our Batman Elseworlds Month, which you can hear in the archives at DCAUReview.com. I believe it was somewhere in the 40s, probably 49, something like that. Late 40s, um, yes. 40, I think it was the. I think it was, may have been right before our 50th episode. So you can check that in the archives at dcaureview.com. Uh, but uh, Liam, so this week uh, we so that week when we reviewed this the first time, it was the very first episode of the Batman, which featured the Joker. It featured a new Batman theme. Uh, here we're jumping all the way to the final season of the Batman, which is season five at this point. Things have changed, di- not and not just the opening theme song. No, gone <laughs> is the the edges uh, from U2's rendition of the Batman, and replaced with a bit more of a campy style uh, intro, which we can talk about certainly in music. But uh, there's been a lot of changes to the Bat team as a whole, as we learned in Batman's world uh, in this fifth season. Yeah, we'll kind of have a little bit uh, to talk about in every category about the changes, but starting as we do with plot, uh, yeah, obviously when when we first watched the first episode of the show, it's very much a young Batman show, and he's he's very early on in his crime-fighting career, and then, yeah, a few seasons later, we've got multiple sidekicks and an entire Justice League uh in in the in in the wings waiting so it's it's a lot has certainly changed as uh as we rejoin this version of gotham city certainly all right now before we jump into our four main categories let us go with the imdb synopsis for this week's episode of the batman of course i actually have two of course since it's a two-parter that we're reviewing and these are the synopses for the batman superman story parts one and two which were written by Alan Burnett and Steve Cooden, directed by Vincent Hueck and Christopher Berkeley, with music by Thomas Chase. And these synopses read as such. Lex Luthor teams with the rogues of Gotham City 
in a scheme to place Metropolis's Man of Steel under his control. And synopsis for part two. Batman and Robin must free Superman from Lex Luthor's control via Poison Ivy's hypnotic spores. All right, there we go. Those are pretty pretty good synopses written by the individuals that edit IMDb, I guess. Uh, so, <laughs> so now uh, we did not mention these episodes first debuted back on September the 22nd, 2007 for part one and September 29th, 2007 for part two, part of the kids WB Saturday morning program lineup. And uh, Liam, these these episodes, uh, as you said, take place in the final season of the Batman. And it's correct me if I'm not uh, wrong. These are the first episodes of the season sort of after this uh, after this sort of and we'll eventually get to reviewing it at some time. But there's been sort of this seismic shift in uh, Batman's world. He's not just facing uh, common criminals anymore. He, he realizes his world has kind of opened up. And uh, is having to adapt to aliens and and other other things that he hasn't had to deal with before. Yeah, certainly. Um, there's a big shift at the end of the fourth season, as you mentioned. Perhaps we'll uh, get to review that somewhere down the line. But um, where we're introduced to the character of the Martian Manhunter, we're introduced to an alien invasion, and Batman, Robin, and Batgirl are sort of faced down with having to just. Again, as you say, uh, fight fight foes they never dreamed of having to fight. And so as we begin the season five premiere, uh, Batman sort of accepted that and has agreed to join this, this newly formed Justice League. Um, and it's actually interesting as we get into our plot scores here, Cal. Uh, I, one of the things I think is really interesting about these two, this two-part episode is we've almost kind of reversed what I feel are the normal roles of superman and batman when it comes to like being team players um very much we have batman being the guy who's sort of championing champion championing uh working together and sort of creating this larger network of heroes and we kind of have superman being the one that's resistant to that yeah i i too noticed that and it was uh it was it was a nice change of pace and st- it, obviously these stories as we've already reviewed uh one of them uh, a batman superman sort of uh, albeit a light-hearted take on it but nowadays that batman superman story has uh you know the rivalry and the sort of lack of trust between the two of them but uh, underlying friendship that that uh that lies between them this sort of uh, allies, I guess, as it were. Uh, so it, that that story's been told a lot. So to have have their roles sort of reversed here, and you have Alan Burnett, who is you know certainly a Batman animated series uh, stalwart and someone that's been writing Batman for quite a long time. But for him and his co-writers to make that decision to hey, this time we're going to make Superman the loner and uh, sort of the the guy that doesn't trust. Uh, anybody but himself. Yeah, it was, a, it was a different take on it, and I appreciated having a different type of interpretation for the Man of Steel. Yeah, and it, it, they do that without making him, like, an edgy... Like, it still very much feels like Superman. Like, he's still... We're open... The op- episode opens with him bringing, like, a large check that Metropolis is, is donating to uh, the relief fund for Gotham City. Uh, to help rebuild after this giant alien invasion. And so so we see Superman kind of, he's still very much that, you know, the, the smiling, friendly face when we meet him, but 
it's he really kind of has this idea of uh, I think things will be better if I just work on my own and I just worry about my own stuff and and you and the rest of these heroes can kind of can kind of go off over there so it definitely uh definitely gave it a different vibe and then yeah from there we it's just kind of a a fun bit we we kind of open with this big action action scene of batman robin and superman fighting metallo and from there we we move on to superman uh after as fate would have it possibly for the first time ever i'd have to check lois lane was kidnapped <laughs> and uh, this time by the Gotham Rogues Gallery, we get to see the Black Mask, Bane, Clayface, and Scarecrow. Uh, not Scarecrow, I'm sorry, Mr. Freeze. Um, and we get to see them face down Superman with some help of some special weapons. And then, in fact, we get to see Lex Luthor using, uh, very, I guess, sort of cribbing on the Batman Hush story, where uh, Poison Ivy was able to take control of Superman using, like, kryptonite laced pheromones so they kind of take from that but this time it's lex luthor being the one pulling the strings and uh yeah and then we get for the second time this month we're going to talk about a batman superman fight but uh <laughs> i guess we can talk more about that in visuals probably yeah i i mean i mean it is a, it is significant part of the plot now one of the things that uh, you mentioned there's this opening battle between superman and metallo and batman takes possession of this kryptonite heart of metallo and uh, supposedly gives it to Superman, uh, and Superman hurls it into the sun. But you know, we learn later on that Batman, because no matter what world Batman it is, no matter what else world it is, <laughs> Batman, Batman still doesn't fully trust the Man of Steel. Uh, so he ends up keeping the the rock himself, tricking Superman into throwing an empty container into the sun and holding on to this kryptonite heart. And then uh, ends up using it in an, in an attempt to defeat the Man of Steel. So it's uh, it it's yeah the battle the battle ensues. And I I gotta say I think to me the battle started out very interesting. Batman sort of wears this mecha suit, and he you know mech suits are always really cool visually to yeah. look at. We'll talk about that in animation visuals for sure. But uh, yeah, Batman in a in a giant ar- suit of armor fighting Superman is never going to be. Never not going to be interesting to me, at least. However, it sort of ends very anticlimactically with Batman luring Superman. And I guess to appreciate Batman always being the guy that has to outsmart, uh, has to use his brain because his brawn isn't going to match Superman because Mm -hmm. obviously Superman's powers are tenfold that of his. So he has to use his brain. So he lures him into this chemical plant that has... Uh, pheromone can't like canceling powers, I guess, for whatever that like whatever weed killer basically he, <laughs> he makes them inhale weed killer and that I guess kills the pheromone, it kills the and... plants and the plant spores, yeah, which which reverts Superman back to you know, his, out, or frees him from mind control and reverts him back to his normal self. But uh, yeah, that part seemed to be a little anticlimactic to me. There was this big battle that was happening and he just kind of walks into a, a chemical plant and Batman f- turns a few few uh, wheels and suddenly Superman's back to himself. So, uh, and then next thing we know, Lex Luthor's in jail. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I would say, I would say overall, I, I did appreciate some of the, plot points that we already discussed as far as Superman being uh, Superman and Batman exchanging roles. I, I think that the the bit at the end where Batman invites Superman to the watchtower and they have a, a conversation about uh, Batman is 
again, making another appeal to him to join the, join the justice league or the budding justice league. And, um, there's a couple of witty lines regarding, you know, it, it, Batman saying, <laughs> Superman calls it the justice team and Batman, <laughs> Batman says it's the justice league. You know, he, he told the Martian that it sounded like a, a sports team, which I thought was a good line. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think that that was a good scene overall. I, I just, it did feel very anticlimactic to me. I did appreciate the battle between Superman and, and the Batman rogues that that's something you don't always get to see because Batman's rogues tend to be more uh, easily defeated than a Superman rogue because yeah. <laughs> it, it has to be that way. So seeing Superman versus Bane or Superman versus Clayface or even Superman versus Black Mask and Mr. Freeze is, uh, right. is always going to be entertaining. So uh, I went with a score of 7 out of 10 for <laughs> plot. <laughs> yes, I went with an identical score of 7 out of 10. We should mention, so once the once the uh, fight is over and they have and they're all sort of Batman, Superman, and Robin are all kind of going after Luthor. The big climax of the episode is that Lex has devised these robots that can hack into military systems via Wi-Fi, I guess. And it's going to take over the entire world in like a matter of minutes. And then he puts himself inside this giant robot. Right, which is easily fairly easily dismantled i would say as soon as superman is done dealing with the the smaller robots he just comes and takes lex's giant <laughs> robot apart yeah um, no but yeah so i think like i said i think a better climax to part two like i said i think the the build in part one is very good the the ending of part one with superman being you know taken take his mind being taken over by lex is is really well done but yeah, the, the the payoff to it all when it's like, all right, our our heroes are united and they're going to stop the bad guy, and his plan is robots. <laughs> is uh, maybe let's it's, it's, it it leaves a little to be desired, at least from a narrative standpoint. I concur. All right, Liam, let's move on to our second category of the day, which is going to be animation and visuals. We touched on it briefly about the bat mech suits, but uh, what else in this episode stood out to you visually? And um, and what did you what did you like? What did you not like? So one thing we can we can mention that the Batman design himself and really all of the characters were like moderately redesigned at the start of the fourth season. Mm. Batman Batman has a very like triangular chin in in the first couple seasons mm-hmm. and now he's sort of I, I think maybe it was to age him up a little bit because now he has two you know young teenage sidekicks with him so now mm-hmm. he has to he has to be a little bit older a little bit more imposing so they <laughs> kind of be, they kind of beefed Batman up a little bit in the in the fourth season so that's mm-hmm. kind of striking being that the the most recent episode of the show that I had gone back and watched was the pilot to right. go all the, all the way into this fifth season, as we talked about. So there's immediately just a little bit of a redesign just in, in Batman himself. Um, yeah, other than that, I, I, I really liked I liked the Superman design. He, he, well, long-time listeners for NoCal, this is our 99th episode. Big fan of capes. <laughs> and yes. uh, I, like, I like that, ba- I mean, Batman's cape on the show, it's always, like, long and sweeping. And when he's not doing anything it's like it's all curled around him and then he flings it open and it's just a giant long cape superman has a really big cape that like drapes over his shoulders i thought that made for a a, a, you know just again just a little bit of a different uh, design than what we're used to with superman so 
it's still it's sure. again it, it feels very much authentically superman what you would imagine a superman would look like in this world but you know that that little extra twist to it i thought was nice and then yeah like, like we've talked about i think that the fight between batman and superman certainly the first part is is pretty interesting um i i liked that batman is he's very much on the defensive the whole time he doesn't really have the thought in his head that like i'm gonna as you pointed out when we were talking about it, talking about it in plot he's not really thinking like i'm gonna i'm gonna knock him out or with <laughs> you know, with my with my robot or robin's gonna be able to stop him with some rockets like we uh we he he's always kind of he's kind of on the defensive the whole fight and is kind of just trying to buy himself enough time and i thought that was reflected pretty well in in the in the way the fight is sort of laid out as he's kind of Batman's kind of constantly trying to get space between him and Superman as he's trying to lure him towards this place. So sure. I, I thought that I thought that was well done. And then, yeah, again, a lot of I like seeing the rest of the the, the Rogues Gallery show up. I uh, this Bane design is obviously very different than any Bane design that's yep. uh, that's been around in animation or in comic books before it. So. He's much more similar to like a Hulk, like a Hulk villain. You know, yep. Hulk is always fighting guys who look like the Hulk, but are like a slightly <laughs> different color. Yep. That, that's very much what this Bane feels like. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, the only thing that kind of let me down, I even, I liked uh, Mercy's design. I liked, mm-hmm. she's, she's a lot more visually interesting and she has these like twin pistols that where she, she, she kind of holds off Batman and Robin on her own for a while while they're trying to get to Lex. So like, I, I thought that was a pretty interesting scene. There's actually one great shot as Batman and Robin are kind of standing on this, uh, this walkway as Lex and his giant robot is taking off. And you sort of see the rocket exhaust and you just see the silhouettes of Batman and Robin and they fire their grappling hooks and swing away. So they aren't incinerated by it. So I thought there were some, pretty striking visuals in this episode yeah there are i I, there's a there's a lot of batarang play in this episode Mm -hmm. as well Uh, a lot of batarangs being thrown a lot of batarangs being used as weapons um i i think so i I think we talked about it when we reviewed the pilot episode of this, um, that I, I wasn't as much of a fan of the animation style. Uh, of course I'm, I'm certainly part and partial to the, the Bruce Tim designs. And this is a, this is far and away very, very different than that. Guys are a yes. lot lankier, taller, skinnier, um, a lot less barrel chested, but, um, I really liked most of the visuals in this, uh, in this, I'll talk about what I didn't like first. And then I'll, that the, the only thing that I, that I really don't care for, and uh, is interesting because uh, we just talked about him on our on our bonus episode number four, and that is the Robin design. Um, hmm. To me, whenever Robin is in an, in any of the scenes, he looks like a bobblehead. Um, <laughs> his head—they drew his head so large on his teeny tiny body. And I like all I can think about is uh, the the action figures that came out for this for this uh, for this show also, yeah. and uh, it was very very similar to that. It, the the figure itself looked like a like a bobblehead. His head is just twice the size of his body. And if all of the characters were like that, then I would be okay with it. But when he's juxtaposed to 
Batman. Batman has a normal sized head and is an adult, but because Robin is a child, I guess they decided that he had to have yes. this big giant head. I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of the Robin design itself. And he was, a he was, he played a large role in this episode, which is fine, but I just, Every it's very distracting every time it comes on the, <laughs> the screen. Um, with that said, I, I I definitely appreciated some of the villain designs. Uh, certainly that the way that Clayface moves in this, yeah, uh, he's not just the guy that disguises himself as other people. He was very like he had like a very spider like appearance uh, when he turns uh, from Clark. Uh, he he poses as Clark Kent to kidnap Lois Lane and then. Uh, he climbs down the building with a very spider-like creature. And then yeah. he actually poses, I think, as like a camera or a computer screen or something in another yeah. scene. It's very, very different uh, than what we've been used to as far as, as Clayface is concerned. Moved very, very interestingly also. You already mentioned Bane's design. Certainly our, our first opportunity to talk about the, the different Mr. Freeze design, which yes. uh, you know he's just these glowing red eyes and this sort of giant icicle-type helmet. Uh, very, very, very interesting-looking. Uh, Black Mask, who is, of course, never used in Batman the Animated Series uh, mm-hmm. definitely would fit in that at, in my opinion or should or would have fit in that very well but uh, definitely uh, we, we talked about him in episode 50 when we reviewed Batman Under the Red Hood uh, that's that's a that's a great design and then I, I guess the the piece de resistance would be the uh, would be the Batman mech suit which um, you know we have Lucius Fox earlier in the episode who is uh, it's the first time we've talked about him on these he was introduced in that very similar Batman Begins Nolan trilogy role of being Batman's uh, tech guy um, yes. so so he he created this mech suit and he created a jet pack for Robin as well and very 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 cool functional looking things um, that to, for Batman to use to fight fight superman so uh with the strong visuals despite my dislike of the robin design i gave uh, animation visuals a very strong nine out of ten uh yeah i gave it the exact same score Um, (laughs) i think maybe i could have gone perfect if the robots were a bit more interesting looking but uh they're all they're just big white robots like they're not yeah they're not very interesting. They kind of look like the big white thing from uh, the Big Hero Six movie. <laughs> maybe, maybe mixed with like the Golem from Batman Beyond or something. But that's, yeah, that's good. But uh, yeah, it just it just didn't do much for me. And because that is, as we already mentioned, it's the climax of the episode. Um, as as much fun as it is to watch Superman and, and Batman fight giant robots, I'd, I'd like the ro- I'd like the robots to be a bit more visual and int- visually interesting. But yeah, I prefer the way the, the robots look in, uh, in 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 World's Finest. Agreed, agreed. I like the spider bots for sure. All right, Liam, let's move on to music here. Uh, what did you think about the music? I, for me, I, I think the one thing that stood about stood out about this interpretation of the man of steel that i had critiqued previous iterations of the man of steel is that there's an actual superman theme and it seems to be inspired perhaps by the superman theme <laughs> yes uh definitely there's a lot of this and we didn't really mention this in visuals but we do get some brief glimpses of clark kent as well and 
it's very clear that this was uh, that Clark, that version of Clark Kent, and the the music that we heard was very much inspired by the the Christopher Reeve films, and uh, by uh, the the theme being the the main John John Williams Superman theme that everyone knows, as you said, the Superman theme. And uh, yeah, I I like that. It's funny because I think it's again, it's nearly 50 episodes ago. But when we reviewed the Batman, my memory of the music in that episode is that a lot of it is just refrains, like someone will say something kind of dramatic, and then we'll get like a note or two of music, or, you know, Mm -hmm. like a sort of an echoey guitar sound or something. And then we get little transitional music as as we transition scenes or whatever. But this one, felt like it had a little bit more of an actual flow to it and definitely felt like a, a little bit more of a, of a stronger uh, theme. And I, I think that Superman theme certainly helped out because you get it again, you get it played very heroically when he first enters the scene. And then uh, later on when he's been, when taken over by the, by Lex, he it's played again, but it's played in like this really eerie kind of sinister minor key. And uh, you know, the, gives you kind of builds up that sense of dread as he's chasing after Batman. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's good. And I think there's, there's some good music towards the end as they're, as they're fighting the Lex bots, but uh, yeah. So I, I actually gave music, I gave it a, a six out of 10. So I, I didn't think anything was great, great, but I thought it was definitely an improvement over the previous episodes of the Batman we watched. Uh, I gave it just a tick higher. I, I really enjoyed the Superman theme. Um, I think I probably would have given it an even higher score, but I, I did think that the main theme of the Batman was a downgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very much sounds like an homage to Batman 66 with a little bit of electric guitar added into it. It's yes. very like 60s surfer music or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, there's even like, and- even if you, if you watch the opening title sequence, there's, like they even kind of do the Adam West, Burt Ward opening theme thing where they paint like all the villains are kind of standing in a row and it kind of pans from one side to the other. And they kind of, yeah, yeah. It's very, definitely felt inspired by that. Um, so I, I hear you on that. Yeah, so I, I I did enjoy that Superman theme. I I do think the fact that they they kept their sort of unique musical identity with those you know, guitar interludes that play when the the tension rises or scene scene switches. Uh, I, I appreciate that, that they set that uh, as their own identity. But uh, yeah, music seven out of 10. All right, Liam, let's move on to our final category of the day, blazing right through this thing. And uh, we're going to talk about voice actors. And uh, it was a pleasant surprise. Well, not a surprise because I, 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 new but uh, <laughs> uh people might people might have a pleasant surprise when they hear some of the voice actors from this week's episode if they aren't familiar with it so uh, let's go through our roster of uh voice actors for this week yeah we have a, a pretty big cast and as you mentioned a lot of familiar faces so many that this like this was borderline like disqualified from being elseworlds because of the <laughs> voice talent i feel like but no it's it's different <laughs> enough that I think it still qualifies. But yeah, just some of the, the ancillary players we had. We had Gwendolyn Yo as Mercy. She doesn't have a big role to play here. Like I said, she's she's more of a visual interesting thing. But uh, Gwendolyn Yo, a very uh, veteran t- television actress playing her. And then we have James Remar as Black Mask, who 
DCAU fans will probably know best as the Shadow Thief in Justice League Unlimited, and also uh, the real Hawkman, Carter Hall. Um, <laughs> just, uh, that's that's some foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I like, I really like his black mask. He got like this weird rasp to it, and they put like kind of a a little bit of an effect of some sort on it. And he's uh, he's he's a real sinister guy. I, I like his version of Black Mask. And then we have Clancy Brown, one Clancy Brown as Lex <laughs> Luthor. Yes, he's may have played this role once or twice before. Um, and he is in fact uh, he's playing him a little. I, he's definitely a little more cartoony and over the top than the Superman the animated series Lex Luthor. But it's still, I mean, For he, sure. could, he could pr- he could pretty much do this role in his sleep at this point. For sure. Yeah, he, he gets some time to shine. Obviously, he his appearance doesn't come till probably late in the second act of the first episode. But uh, he's definitely a huge part of that, uh, of the rest of that episode and, and the beginning and end of, of part two. But yeah, it's it's comforting to hear. And it's it's a little weird because the visuals are different, but it, you get used to it and, and you get that comforting feeling of, ah, yes, it's Lex. It is Lex. <laughs> and he, he is playing him. He's playing him. Yeah, like you said, a little more cartoony, a little bit more. He's straight up evil in this well, not straight. He he's in straight up evil till the end of the episode, but uh, he's a more maniacal, I guess. Uh, this version of Luther, definitely. And we have uh, Dana Delaney as as Lois Lane, uh, who you may have heard of. Uh, again, uh, the Lois Lane, <laughs> um, just, right? And and she doesn't have a big role to play, like like we said. She's she's in, at the beginning of of the first episode of. Uh, first part of part one, and then she gets kidnapped. That's kind of her her contributions to the story. But it's still good to hear uh, Dan Delaney as Lois again. It's the same, yeah. It's the same thing with with Lex. You get you get a familiar voice. You have somebody that is that you feel comfortable with. You're like, oh, that's Lois Lane. That's it's supposed to be Lois Lane. It doesn't look like Lois Lane, but it it, <laughs> it sounds like Lois Lane. Absolutely. And then we have our our main our main cast here. We have uh, Evan Sabara as Robin who despite your uh, your qualms about his visuals uh, I I like Robin in this show obviously he was one of our, our five favorite animated Robins mostly because I made the case for him um, but, <laughs> but uh, I like him as no Robin that I, ep- no I I think that the nothing against the voice actor I think the voice actor plays as far as a child actor is considered for somebody that was required to play this role he does a great job I was he's not annoying he doesn't it's it's very reminiscent of Matt Valencia's uh, Valencia's uh, Tim Drake in Batman in the new Batman Adventures. It's he's he's younger, but it's not it's not over the top. Like I want to pull my ears off because it's so <laughs> terrible. He's he's a good actor. Like he was a good he was he his performance did nothing. It's the visual that I can't stand with the character. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's something to that because. For a large part of these two part episodes, he's there to kind of add a little bit of levity. There's a lot of a lot of quips, a lot of jokes, a lot of kind of smart remarks here and there, and um, and that can get old, as as we found reviewing other versions of Robin, including the the main DCAU Robin, uh, Lauren Lester's Dick Grayson, where when, sometimes when you just have Robin there to do quips, 
it can get real old real fast. And uh, for sure, I thought I thought that despite that was her his main function uh, in this episode, he uh, he still did a pretty good job. And yeah, we have uh, Reno Romano as the Batman. We've talked about him once before, of course. You probably know him even if you don't think you know him you probably do because he does voiceovers for a bunch of different tv shows and like television networks so you've probably heard his voice a hundred times and uh was also the voice of spider-man in the playstation one uh spider-man games that we played for countless countless hours so that's he's always got a special place in my heart for that our lives (laughs) just days of our lives spent playing that game (laughs) Yep, just finish it. You start it over again. Uh, yep, in a in a new alternate costume. But yeah, I I, I like him as Batman. Like we said, <laughs> like we said, he's uh, he's he's sort of aged up a little bit from when we first saw him. So maybe his he's his voice is a little deeper. He's a little he's a little more mature than he was in the in the first episode when we saw him. But I think he's still a a good fit for the Batman of this world. Yeah, I concur. His his performance. Um, if if we're gonna have another. Batman, um, I mean, it's very, very hard. Just like when we talk about our Jokers or doing yeah. a different Joker voice, but he he fills this role, and we I think we talked about it even when we reviewed the we reviewed the pilot episode that for a younger Batman, which even if this is year even if each season has been a year and this is year five of Batman, he's still a young Batman by by any means. So it, he plays that role very well. Agreed. And then we have the man himself. Uh, Superman, played by one George Newbern, uh, who, once again, the the voice of the DCAU, one of the DCAU Supermans, uh, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited version of Superman. Um, Once again, uh, getting to play a slightly different version, as we mentioned, because this version's kind of more, a little bit more standoffish with Batman and uh, doesn't really want doesn't really want to be part of a team, and and because he's playing a, a bit more of a Christopher Reeve, Clark Kent, he gets to to flex flex his muscles there a little bit. But again, it's just oh, not to repeat ourselves again, but uh, uh, always nice to hear George Newbern voicing Superman. Yeah, and the fact that, like you said, he got to do a nuanced version of it wasn't just a straight up, and having that. He doesn't get to play Clark except for maybe once or so in the the DCAU. So having having this opportunity to see what a George Newborn Clark would have been like is uh, is pretty cool. And and on top of it, to have that homage to that sort of klutzy, goofy Clark Kent that was made, of course, most famous by by the great uh, late great Christopher Reeve is is always a is a nice homage. Agreed. So I guess we can go ahead and get into our scores here. I gave voice acting a very strong 8 out of 10. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't find any flaws with this. And because we had so many returning guests and, and familiar voices, uh, I had to give this a perfect 10 out of 10. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, Liam. So I guess that will bring us to our final scores today. Totaling everything up here, I have a very strong 33 out of 40. <laughs> yeah, about I'm, you? A, I'm, a, I'm a tick lower there, but not, not by too much. I'm a, a 30 out of 40, and I guess we can get into the rewatchability from here. Uh, yeah, I think this is, this is a fun two-part episode to watch, especially if you're, if you're in the mood for just Batman and Superman uh, stories, uh, whether whether they be live action or 
or uh, animated. There's there's a lot of fun ones to be found, but I, I think this this can go right in that column with uh, maybe not quite on the same level as like a world's finest, but certainly it belongs with maybe you know those like the the public enemies animated film or, or something like that. Any anytime we get to see uh, Batman and Superman as a duo, I think is a lot of fun, and I think this is worth a rewatch, even with the kind of lackluster ending to part two. Yeah, I concur. I think there's there's too much good stuff here between the voices, voice acting, the visuals, the interesting plot, plot points of Superman versus the Batman Rogues Gallery. I think there's a lot lot to be had and enjoyed here, and especially if, if this version of Batman and Superman are not familiar to you, this is a great way to kind of be introduced, especially to that final season of the Batman, which was pretty much all guest stars and sort of Justice Leaguers coming uh, for Batman to to meet and interact with. It's, it's really a fun season, and, and this was a, was a good way to introduce uh, the Man of Tomorrow to this world of the Batman. So I'd give it a, a thumb up to go ahead and watch it. Agreed. All right, Liam. Well, that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Don't forget, as we've mentioned a couple times this week, we dropped a bonus episode this week in honor of Robin, the Boy Wonders, 80th anniversary. You can check that out if you have not done so already on your favorite podcast app, also streaming at dcaureview.com. We'd love to get your feedback on that here what your favorite versions of Robin the Boy Wonder are in animation. Tweet Liam at DCAU Review. And uh, we would be remiss without without mentioning this, but uh, as we mentioned, this being our 99th episode, meaning next week's episode, as we look to the next episode on the horizon, Liam, I believe you've already teased it on social media, but uh, let's make the official announcement here. What are we doing for our landmark 100th episode yeah it's uh as much fun as this elseworld superman month these five different versions of superman have been to review uh we're going back home to the main dcau continuity and it's the 100th episode we knew we had to do something really big and so we're reviewing superman's pal i mean no just kidding critters uh, <laughs> 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 yeah terry's friend superman. dates a robot we're, yeah, it's a quadruple feature, and uh, we're just gonna <laughs> review. We're gonna review all of those. No, just kidding. We're gonna review one of one of truly the greatest uh, stories I think in DCAU history, uh, or maybe it won't hold up. We don't know. We haven't reviewed it yet, of course. But uh, in my memory banks, it it holds up as one of the greatest, and it, I think it's very fitting for our 100th episode. We will be watching the three part epic. Uh, Starcross, the series finale of the original Justice League cartoon. All right. It's going to be a blast. We cannot wait to review that episode, hear your thoughts on that. Plus, we have some exciting stuff coming in the weeks after that so that we're excited about also. So stay tuned. You are not going to want to miss it. And if you don't want to miss it, do us a favor. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to. We're on all the popular ones, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And do us a favor, if you like us, if you listen to us every single week, do us a favor, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It it helps us out immensely. We want to get this podcast out there and certainly get as many ears as possible. We thank you for tuning in at each and every of our 99 episodes thus far and can't wait to see 
uh, what the future brings us. Liam, anything else to add? No, not much. Definitely tweet us at DCAU Review. Follow us on Instagram at DCAU Review. You can keep up with us uh, for whatever we're doing from week to week, as well as any other DCAU or just DC Comics related news that's out there that we want to talk about. And we definitely want to hear from you. And uh, yeah, let's get excited. 100 episodes. How about that, pal? Man, I can't believe we made it. (laughs) Unbelievable. All right. Well, until then, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.